been in a series on the little foxes. The Song of Solomon says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoils the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now, one of the things about these little foxes that we're talking about is the, is the fact that um, they're just that. They're little. They're not obvious. They're not large. As a matter of fact, one of the, the great things about foxes is the fact they're so elusive. You, you rarely see one. Occasionally, coming home, there's a, there's a red fox out from my house. And occasionally, coming home, I'll see it dart across the road. But they are very rare. You don't see them because they are small. And we, we have been looking now for several weeks. And uh, we have looked at uh, the little fox of our speech. We've looked at the little fox of spiritual apathy. We've looked at the uh, little fox of double-mindedness. And tonight, with the help of God, I want to look at one that is... I, as long as I've pastored and as long as I've been in church, I have never ever heard a message on this subject. And yet I, w- I was very surprised at what God had to say about it. In Proverbs 10 verses 4 through 5, if you are interested and want to look in your Bible, you can. That will be page 674. Of course, we're talking about slothfulness. Slothfulness. Proverbs 10 and verse number 4, the Bible says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. And he that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Just two verses. Let's read them again, all right? He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. He that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Amen. Brother Todd leads to a throne of grace. Amen. If I were to say tonight, are you slothful? I'd die very seriously if I would have anybody to raise their hand. As a matter of fact, it is probably the tendency to neglect this fox. Yet the truth is, it's probably done as much damage to the vines as any fox has ever done. You can... Count on one thing. The devil will take every opportunity he can to let these little foxes loose in our lives. And, but despite the fact of these little foxes, there is a promise that we have in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
The Bible says there hath no temptation taken you but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Did you hear that? But God is faithful. Did you get that? But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Don't miss this. God is able, and for every little fox that attempts to destroy the vine, hallelujah, there's a hope in Jesus Christ who paid the price for our salvation. And just maybe, just maybe, as we went through this, you're seeing these little foxes pop up. Maybe you've never seen them before. There's a better and good chance tonight this little fox is one that you've never seen. But tonight, God, that you see this one in your life and see it in a fashion that you've never seen before. I love it. That There's something repulsive when we start thinking about someone saying, you know, you're slothful. You're a sloth. Now, I mean, that's, that's like cussing somebody, isn't it? I mean, it's almost like that they're, that the great struggle uh, when, when you start talking about that. Now, it, it was interesting. As I, as I was preparing this, uh, many, many believe that one of the great downfalls of the Babylonian Empire and, and especially the Roman Empire, one of the great downfalls was it that slothfulness had found such a place. Whoa. So I don't know your perception. I will tell you this. I believe one of the greatest, most destructive things that's been done in our nation was the outsourcing of our jobs. I believe one of the most one of one of the most destructive one of the most destructive things that's happened is they've outsourced these jobs. And we have now become a nation of a service nation instead of an industrial nation. And here's the deception. That slothfulness, that slothfulness and laziness have very little to do with the work or the pace of life. But I believe one of the areas that the devil's used slothfulness is this outsourcing of jobs. And now people have become very slothful. Now, so what's the definition? How do we define it? Slothful is, slothful is a word that's passed out of usage. We don't use it in our generation. It's an, it's an old Saxon word. And uh, it has the ideal of, of tardiness and inactivity and idleness. Slothfulness is this. Is the sin that believes nothing, 
cares for nothing, seeks to know nothing, hates nothing, finds purpose in nothing. Let me give it to you again. Slothfulness is a sin that believes nothing, cares for nothing, seeks to know nothing, hates nothing, finds purpose in nothing. Now, the second meaning is it lives for nothing and dies with nothing. That's what's so sad. Someone has said slothfulness is wasting time when we should be doing something. Benjamin Franklin said, slothfulness is like rust. It consumes faster than labor wears. He that riseth late must trot all day and shall scarcely overtake his business at night, while laziness travels so slowly that poverty soon overtakes him. Someone has said, it's an anonymous statement, an idle mind is the devil's workshop, and I say amen to that. Now, I've got to be honest with you. This surprised me, and I loved being surprised because of what God, what the Bible had to say about this subject. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear a rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in honey, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul, soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now, when, when you talk about making fat in the Bible, he's talking about becoming rich. The word fat has the idea of increase or being rich. Proverbs 18, 9. He also, the slothful in his work, his brother to him, that's a great waster. Proverbs 19, 15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Proverbs 24. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in harvest and have nothing. Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hand refused to labor. Proverbs 26. This is my favorite one. The slothful man said, there's a line in the way and a line in the street. And as the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. He grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. My, that's what the Bible has to say about this little fox called slothfulness. But what's the battlegrounds of slothfulness? Well, first of all, it's, it's easy when we know that laziness. How many know somebody's lazy? I know several, amen. I know a few. And the Bible says that laziness becomes obvious. Now, you've got to love this fellow here. A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Here's why he's just saying. He's so lazy he won't feed himself. 
But I got an answer for that. Let that poor soul starve to death. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Here's the dude. He's so lazy. He will not. It, it literally, the Bible said, he is so lazy, he won't pick the spoon up and bring it to his mouth. Whoa. Here, here's a man. My goodness. Uh, now, I don't know that we get this bad, and, and most of us are not going to ever get this bad. And isn't it amazing? And what happens is, I think far too many is that we buy in this ideal of life and leisure. First thing God did after He created man, He was put him to work. He put him in the garden. He put him to work. The first thing he did. Don't miss this. Great marriages don't happen. They're worked at. Great businesses don't just happen. They're worked at. Great spiritual lives don't just happen. You've got to work at those things. And slothful people are not willing to do that. Slothful people are those that look at this group and say, well, they got all the breaks. Well, they just got lucky. Well, if I had their... Well, if I... No, they're just slothful. Laziness is the first battleground. One commentary noted <coughs> that laziness is the hatred of all things spiritual that require effort. And it is faint-heartedness in working through difficult angles of striving for perfection. Laziness will not endure anything that requires self-sacrifice, hardship, or self-discipline. Well, we have to understand that when God calls us for cross-bearing, it's a lifestyle totally opposite of that of laziness. Second place, Tolerance. Now, the very subtle battleground for, to- for, for slothfulness is the ideal of tolerance. It is, it is this mindset of being politically correct. It is that you're not to voice any objection whatever the lifestyle and, or philosophy or behavior that is in direct conflict to your set of values. Here's why it's saying, no matter what nobody else does, you're not to voice an opposition to that. The battleground for slothfulness is Well, you know, as long as they don't bother me. What you don't understand is this. You take this to the bank, folks. We're quickly losing the morality of a nation. You've got to get this. When the morals of America fall, everything else will fall right in behind it. And you will feel it, and we will feel it. And I mean we'll feel it big time. Someone has said America's, uh, America's good 
because the people are good. When people turn bad in the morals of any country, whether it be Israel or whomever, when the morals go down, everything else is going to come crashing in on top of it. Tolerance says this. Tolerance says, Preacher, don't you dare mention anything on the homosexuals or sin. Don't you dare, don't you dare mention my rebellion. Don't, don't you dare mention my sin because that's hate speech. God says it's preaching. And it's quickly, it's quickly. One of the, battle, one of the greatest battlegrounds for slothfulness is, well, you know, brother, for the sake of unity, and, and ever, all of us are getting along. We don't want to stir the waters. We want everybody to be happy. I mean, let's all get together, have a group hug, and praise God, everything's one. Jesus loves everybody. He loves you just the way you are. He loves everybody. He loves, he loves everything in America, and everything's okay. That's being slothful. That's saying you believe. I, uh, roll the, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. It is amazing to me. The men that 10 years ago that I looked to that stood by this book and preaching now are rolling over and playing dead. And it is slothfulness because God doesn't change. Bible says homosexuality is an abomination. I'm going to tell you something, it would be an abomination. I don't care what they do in the Supreme Court, it's still an abomination. It ain't going to change. Adultery is adultery, fornication is fornication, rebellion is rebellion, sin is sin, and God doesn't change. And God said, we're to lift our voice like a trumpet, Amen. And so, here is a, the, one of the battlegrounds of, of slothfulness is tolerance. And trust me, trust me, we're hearing it all the time. Everywhere we go. Oh, I love this one. We we'll all can kind of get in on this one. Procrastination. Procrastination is the act of knowing that something ought to be done, but not having the initiative, the energy to get it done. I'm not talking about if you're not physically. Todd, Scott back there, he's, he's physically, I don't know what's, what they're going to have to do. I guess I'll have to do surgery myself. That's all I ask to it. And, uh, but there, I'm not talking about when you're physically. I'm not talking about a physical ailment, so don't, don't get sideways with me. No, no, I'm talking about, well, I, I'll do that tomorrow. We ain't all be done today. I'm talking about uh, procrastination. Someone has said procrastination is a friend of failure. Procrastination destroys a sense of urgency that we may feel in accomplishing the task. By putting things off, everything good will soon die because of the withering drought of procrastination. In Matthew chapter 25, 
There are ten virgins. They're waiting on the bridegroom to come. They knew the requirements for oil. They had responsibility of planning for the future. But five of those were wise and five of those were foolish. They knew that they would have to have oil in their lambs. They knew the general time the bridegroom was going to come. But five of them got her done, and five of them said, I'll get to it later. And the bridegroom came, and five entered in, and five standing at the door, and they can't get in. I know it's a picture atop of those that procrastinate in salvation. And I'm just going to be very honest with you. If you're lost here tonight, Amen. If you're lost, you better get saved. You're going to put it off. You'll wind up in hell, sure as the world. Amen. I appreciate God. I do believe there are a few times that God has done his deathbeds. Joe Haggy, I believe with all my heart, God saved him right before God took him out of here. But I'm going to tell you something. That's rare. More times than not, they're slung into an eternity without God. Without God. Because of putting it off. Charles Spurgeon said this, Like wolves which hunt the flying traveler across the snowy plains of Russia, neglects and obligation follow a man with swift and sure pursuit, and there's no way to escape. Someone said his procrastination numbs the mind blocks the future, destroys our priorities, and causes our sensitivity to God's timing to be off. Procrastination is one of the deadliest, one of the greatest battlefields for slothfulness. Now, this is one that you're going to say, whoa, why busyness? This one... Will come because no doubt someone has said, Well, I tell you what's pre- preacher, I ain't slow. I'm just busy, 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 busy. I'm busy. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you can be busy as a beaver and slothful. In Luke 10 38, Jesus enters into the thing. I'm not going to preach a message. Jesus, but that was a good illustration you gave me the other day. Anyway, Jesus walks in, he sat down. Here comes in Mary, and Martha is busy, 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 busy. If you walked in, you say, so is she slothful? Martha was. But she's busy. She's serving. Yeah. But she's... She's, she's not, she's not scheduled her time. She ain't got any control over her time. Slothfulness happens when people get too, too lazy to take control of her time. Yeah, there's, there's some work that's got to be done here, but there was a time for her to worship. And Mary's worshiping, and she's busy, and she's slothful. You realize 
Busyness can be one of the greatest battlefields for slothfulness because then it becomes doing, doing good at the wrong time. How many of you believe you ought to take a bath? Amen. All right. Son, wake up back there, okay? Go back up. Somebody go back and wake him up for me. All right. Thank you. How many believe y'all take a bath? How many believe y'all not take a bath in church? This ain't the right time. How many believe it's good to take a bath? But how many of you believe that it's it's not good to take a bath right now? So somebody taking a bath now at slothfulness. At slothfulness. See, it's one thing. It's one thing to be busy. And one of the things that strikes our ego and our pride is we say, I'll tell you right now, I'm not slothful because I'm busy. But you can be busy not doing it. How many of you ever seen anybody do be really, really busy at work and not get nothing accomplished? Amen. I'm real, real busy but accomplishing nothing. That's slothfulness. Busyness can be, can be, all you young people, I want you to listen to me carefully. 5,000 hour commitments, you can get a college degree. A 10,000 hour commitment, you can get a master's in most any field. And you say, 5,000 hour commitment, I can't do that. Well, well, can you not? Because listen, the great majority spend 20,000 hours in front of a TV. Or a computer game. 5,000 hours you can get a, a, a college degree. 10,000 hour commitment you can get a master's. And you say, well, I just don't got the time to do that. I'm going to tell you something. The majority spend 20,000 hours in front of the TV or video game. Charles, so, so we, we need to understand. There is time. Business. Business can cause us to miss God's great opportunities that makes our lives far be- better. Business prevents us from investing our seven things that really, really matter. Yet our ego gets struck by business because, you know, to be honest, well, I'm busy, so I'm not lazy. No, I didn't say you. That laziness is just one procrastination, but busyness, but accomplishing nothing worthwhile. That's slothfulness. So, how do we overcome this little fox of slothfulness? I'm going to be very honest with you. This first one's going to be a tough one. And that is, you've got to be truthful. It's hard to say I'm a slothful person. And I, I prayed all day and I said, God, I, that's something, God, you've got to do. I, it insults our pride to say that I'm a slothful person. Well, I see this little fox of slothfulness in my own heart, in my own life. It's, it's, it's really a slap in the face to pride. But if you can honestly look, if you can honestly look, 
if you could honestly look at how you're spending the minutes and hours of your life, you may very well determine what's really important in the fact I've been spending slothful. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to look at your life under the microscope of God's Word, but it's a way that we can change. No young person will ever change until he recognizes they've got a problem. Oh, they can get mad, they can blow up, they can do all this, but they'll never change until they recognize they've got a problem. I, I'm, none of us change. None of us change. He that is convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. He that's... He, he, because the truth is, we've got to get truthful and we've got to get honest about where we're at slothful. Number two, being truthful. Okay, I'm slothful. I procrastinate too much. Okay, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. Well, you've got to act on the information. You've got you to do something about it. You've got to take some steps to do something about it. You've got to make some changes. You've got, you got to be truthful, but then you've got to make some steps. And it may start with repenting. It may start with um, saying, man, I'm slothful in, in this area. I'm slothful. I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy to do. And, and, and get your schedule down. Whatever it is, you've got to act on the information. And number three, and this may very well be the most important. God refused to give up. This slothfulness is will, 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 is dogging every person here, and slothfulness will dog you all of your life. And it's and it's a lifetime battle. This is this is one of those things you will contend with for 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 as long as you live. There'll be that tendency. I, I remember one day I got up and, and, and I, I hadn't done it since, but I did that day. I got up, got me a shower. I went and I got in the recliner. I, I, I pulled her back and I slept two hours. Darling came in there. She said, you going to sleep there all day? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. I sat there, I laid there, I watched a couple hours of TV, I slept two more hours. I slept there, the only time I got up, went to the bathroom, got something to eat. And I I spent an all, I done that the entire day. And you know what? I felt awful going to bed. You know why? Because I had wasted an entire day doing nothing. Total waste, slothfulness. Now, there's been other times that I've been there. But if we're not very, very careful, you can get so big. I don't think most of our church is lazy. I don't think, I, I, I really don't. I don't think we're lazy. I don't think that, uh, that we, the battleground's tolerance. I think, praise God, we believe what we believe, and we take a stand for it. Some of you procrastinate pretty bad, but other than that, I've been guilty of that one. But busyness is the one that I believe that gets us quicker than anything else. And if we get busy doing the wrong things at the wrong time.
time. And so busyness, we, we swap the great for the small. And busyness can lead to a lot of frustration because Martha got very frustrated. Why don't you make Mary help me? You got very frustrated because she was caught in a trap of busyness. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're busy about a lot of things, but Mary has chosen the best part. And it's not going to be taken from her. And it wasn't. That's all stand to her feet. Amen. Here tonight.